0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today rolls on for hour number two. The Super Bowl is approaching. I'm going to tell you about all the best parties where I live here in South Florida. We're also going to take a look at Joe's Hall of Fame ballot. Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two starts now.
1: FANTASY SPORTS TODAY.
0: And welcome back. This is our number two of fantasy sports today here on the fantasy sports radio network. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia and our producer, Sean Guastamacca. You can hit us up on Twitter at Craig Mish at Joe Pizapia at 17. We'll hit on some baseball in just a minute. If you want to go back and listen to the first hour of our show, we are not ignoring Nolan Arenado at all. We hit on it. So on demand, you can go back, just hit that rewind button, listen to the first 10 minutes of our program. You can hear us discuss the entire situation of uh, Nolan Arenado, also in the first hour. You can go back and listen on demand. We did my Hall of Fame ballot. Joe will have his coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, first and foremost, I know that this isn't uh, fantasy relevant, but it definitely is reality relevant. Now, to give you some full transparency on this, and what we're going to do here is I'm going to give Joe and throw out all of these Super Bowl parties that are going on here in South Florida. Now, I probably only have about 30% of them listed here, honestly. like I, I, There's probably a million. Uh, I have been to... If I'm and I and I think I got this right. I have been to four Super Bowls. So I have been part of all of these things and I was super into it prior to marriage, prior to kids, did all of these parties, went to all of these parties, put my name on the list, email, try to get in, all of them, every single one. And so I think that I have a general idea as to the kind of parties that I like to go to in the past. Now, the ones that I would want to go to now are completely different, by the way, that I would want to go to in the past. But I'm gonna give you the list of the Super Bowls, and I'll tell you if I've been to any of these uh afterward <laughs> and and then uh, Joe you can certainly weigh in if you had the chance yeah, sure you would want to go to okay so i don't get invited the, anywhere this is really exciting so well the the uh the i have i hear about six parties here Joe that i'm going to give <laughs> you an opportunity to and price tickets as well now okay. now the one that i've been to uh three times and i'm this is the only thing that i'm trying to go to this year by the way it's the only one now i will not respectfully and all due respect to the taste of the NFL i am not in a position even though the taste of the NFL party is very close to my house, I would love to go. I hope they invite me to go. I've asked to be invited, but I am. I cannot pay uh, seven hundred dollars a ticket to go to this. I just. I, I. can't. I can't do it. I can't justify it. Uh, I would love to go. It's a great event. In the past, I went. Is this is um, a charity
1: event, just to be clear. Like, seems uh, like a I believe
0: the money. I'm. I'm going to guess that yes, uh, some of the money does, or most of the money even goes to okay. charity. <clears throat> but this is basically a a player or former player from an NFL team. Along with purportedly one of the best chefs in that city, coming to South Florida, they all get into a hall and they all cook a dish for you to go around and eat. It's and they have a concert. It's a fantastic event. It's my favorite event of all the events. Um It's not the the sexiest event, Joe. You know, well, who's like, playing we're gonna, there? We're gonna get mm-hmm. to this, you you know, the you you know. I don't know that this year. I don't know that. Okay. It's
1: it, it's Is not it gonna be traveler. <laughs>
0: you know, you know what? It, along those lines is kind okay. of usually, like I th- we uh, I saw bare naked ladies at one as an example.
1: Wow. I wasn't far off. I was going to be OK. You were not far off. No, you were not I like bare naked ladies. On the right. So.
0: So. So to me, this is a fan, this is my favorite one.
1: OK. All right. I'm, go- I'm not going to make it again. Yeah, no, I have not been invited.
0: Uh, you right. know, I once upon a time I used to cover the NFL. Right. I used to go home and road with the Bucks and home and road with the Dolphins and I had a show on Fox Sports Florida. It was a lot different for me. I applied for a credential They said yes right away. I was going to the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, I've applied and asked for <laughs> nothing, and I plan on probably going to nothing, but this is the only thing. So this is, this is option number one. Option number two maybe option could be two. up your alley. Okay. Uh, for $400, you could go to, and meet Rob Gronkowski and go to Gronk's beach party at his big game weekend in Miami. This is a $400 ticket. I would, I would assume it will be a pretty uh, stout party in terms of the talent that will be there, so, Joe, that's another possibility for you. I have never been to a Gronk beach party before. Maxim has their Super Bowl party also this year. It's about a grand to get into unless you get an invite. I have been to one Maxim Super Bowl party. It is pretty much exactly how you would expect. <laughs> There's a lot to look at, and that's about it. You know, that's that's the deal. You, you understand what you're getting there when you get uh, Maxim. Sure. Shaquille O'Neal has his own party. Shaq's Funhouse is called this fun year. Funhouse. Yep, gonna it's going to be a celebrity, a circus, all kinds of fun stuff. It's not, not too expensive. Three, four hundred bucks to get you into that party as well. Uh, Little Wayne is going to be at the Delano. This looks like a thousand dollar ticket, more or less, because okay. you know what the asking price is going to be for that. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to go. And Harry Styles, believe it or not, <laughs> is having his own Super Bowl party. <clears throat> And there are several others. In fact, there's a Boza Brothers party, too. Now, one of them can't be in it because he's in the Super Bowl, but they had this planned out you know months ago. Um, there's also Super Bowl banquets and breakfasts, and then those are the more tame things, clearly, that go on as well. And then when I used to go to the Super Bowls, there was no NFL Honors show that did not exist. And now they do that, of course, the night before, which is apparently not even like you can't even get a ticket for this. I think that you have to be invited to that. Yeah, that percent.
1: would that would be the thing I'd like to go. The NFL honors with the Hall of Fame stuff. And the analysis. that that would be because th- I don't know for that's the experience for me. But you're right. That's probably impossible to get into. Uh, yeah, these, are, these are I've, all that one I've
0: never gone to because it didn't. I, I, I believe NFL honors. Is it five just years NFL old? people? Is it five years it's, old?
1: Somewhere around there. Yeah, it feels like that, right? Like I I have not not as old as the network is, but it's it's one of those because of the network things that they evolved over time. I want to say I
0: I haven't been the last Super Bowl (laughs) I was I went to was a long time ago. I think it was um, maybe Steelers uh, Steelers Cardinals. I think that was the one.
1: That was 07, 08, uh, somewhere Yeah, like?
0: so it's been like 10 years yeah. since I've been. And, and and you know, for me, with going to these things, and somebody, I've, I've been getting asked a lot of questions because there's a lot of people that I know that are going to their first one this year, so they're asking me. And here's how I would describe this whole event and the Super Bowl and everything else. First Super Bowl, amazing. You, you're like, you can't believe you're there. You're like, wow, I'm here. It's the bleeping Super Bowl. You don't mind going through what you got to go through to get there. You're seeing all these crazy wild people that you've never thought you've seen before. Actors, athletes. It's like you're next to Montana, you're next to Rice, you're next to Barry Sanders, you're next to Jim Brown, you're next to Joe Namath. It's like, oh, my God. Second time around, you're like, wow, this is still really cool. And I even know my way around this time. I know the best things to go to. I know where I got to be. I know what time to go and I know where I'm sitting and I know the drill. And I'm like a pro. The third time is like, okay, you know, I've done this already a couple times before. It's a little bit of a hassle. It's still worth going to see all the people there. And, you know, obviously it's a cool experience. And then I went the fourth time. <laughs> and then after the fourth time, Joe, I knew that that was it. I was like, OK, like I've been through this now three or four times. I've met all the same guys. They're still coming around to radio row and they're offering the same deals and they're selling the same crap. And uh, and that's when I stopped. To play. I can
1: understand. And playing plus every year, it gets a little bit more ridiculous, I'm sure, too. And a little bit more of a spectacle. But the first and time and me.
0: second time, it's amazing. It is. It is oh, a great sure. experience. And I'm not going to. But but in terms of the parties, uh, at least Steinberg has his party, too. Um, I I've been to like all of. I have. Do right, so to- you want me to pick, or is this just yeah, about yeah, Craig no, Bishop's yeah.
1: Super Bowl life? For the you know, well, oh, you know we're killing time, we're
0: killing time. So, so, so pick your, uh, so pick your, yeah, pick your. All right.
1: Own. Well, here's the thing. You're right about the Maxim party. The Maxim party is the thing every guy goes. Oh, the Maxim party, dude. Those girls are not they not interested in you. Uh, and I think that the Gronk party. Although the Gronk party is probably fun. The Gronk party is going to be a giant sausage fest. I guarantee you it's going to be a lot of bros and I can't deal with bros. I, okay. I can deal with the Maxim girls before I can deal with the bros. Okay. Um, the Shaq's funhouse party. I don't know what that entails. And the little Wayne. Oh, party. A, sh-
0: a chick, you could, all this time I'm talking, you could click on the bleep.
1: I know, but right? there's so many of them. I'm just letting you go. And then Harry Styles Super Bowl party. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be no. I don't want to the be there. My daughter wants to go. Together. Of course <laughs> it is. And she's great. I, I have to say I'm old now. I like I'm a big foodie. Taste of the NFL sounds Taste the the NFL sounds fun. Cuz so I like it's food. So I'm a big foodie guy. There's good you know there's going to be some great barbecue there. Like you know like Vince Wilfork's probably there and there you know like turning a spit with some meat on it. Like that honestly that's I want to hang out with Vince Wilfork, have a brew and have him, you know, say here you go and try try this, you know, this brisket or whatever. I, that's that's what I I'm know. talking about. I and know. I and I feel like that's I, where that's you can you interact change. with people. I know. It, yeah, is, it is. And there's I'm a lot know. of
0: Hall of Famers there too and um you know I had a chance to do a campaign with former Dolphin John Offerdahl. He was the gridiron griller. We did the whole, and I was part of that when we did uh, his thing on, with the Dolphins. But the email is out. If you're listening from Taste of the NFL, you, I mean, I think I already passed the deadline. I didn't get an email response. I'm guessing I got the client
1: You can crash chance. it. I don't know how that would work for you. I'm you. not try. a crasher.
0: At this stage of my life, I'm not a crasher. Uh, at the stage of, the, of the, those four Super Bowls, I crash parties every single time. Every It's not good. Every
1: did you, bad boy, Craig Nish. It was once upon
0: a time. You were at a right, come, party. Coming up next, diving back into fantasy baseball—the stuff that you guys want to talk about. Popular sports betting.
1: DailyRoto.com. well i like fantasy sports today and i like football and i'm gonna keep doing them both because they make me feel good
0: welcome back to fantasy sports today craig and joe with you here it's the 21st of january by the time the 21st of february rolls on pitchers catchers and even position players will be reported to spring training of course first and foremost are the pitchers they'll be there in less than a month from now in fact they'll be there right after or actually is it, I think it's right before the uh, Valentine's Day holiday usually they put it on Valentine's Day what a terrible idea that was they changed that this year uh, Joe uh, in terms of rotations in fantasy a lot different than reality that's for sure and of course the Nationals won the World Series last year based on their rotation, I would think, especially Strasburg. And there's no doubt that uh, that Max Scherzer got them there as well. But Garrett Cole is with the Yankees. The Indians have lost some pitching. Uh, You know, the Astros, of course, lost a pitcher to the Yankees. Rangers have added a little bit. How do you stack up the pitching rotations in baseball this year?
1: Well, I mean, I was trying to get a good gauge of this, and I think this is very important to you because good rotations also tend to push each other. So when you have some really good guys at the top, they become very competitive with each other. And you know, and I both know that. And that is great for your fantasy rotation, great for your fantasy shares of those players. And when I think of what's the most top-heavy rotation here, I am hard-pressed to think of anybody has got a better three. I mean, people can argue the Indians. We'll talk about them next. But in terms of accomplishments, in terms of what they're doing right now, and as long as the back of Max Scherzer is okay, then Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, to me – that's tough to beat. Now, I know the back of this rotation's got some questions there, but Annibal Sanchez did make 30 starts last year. And how many guys and how many rotations can you say that about the fourth starter made 30 starts? Not a lot. I can guarantee you that number 30 does not pop up a whole lot. So when you look at this rotation, to me, I'm going to give them the edge. They go in the National League, too. No DH for now. I know that's coming pretty soon. But at the same time, I look at this and I think that uh, – that three and then Annabelle being kind of like the innings eater guy there in the fourth spot I know we threw 166 innings you'd like maybe a little bit more but at the same time you go take the ball every fifth day 30 times that's important and I think that's a huge deal so for me and this is just rotation not talking pitching staffs here and adding bullpens we'll probably do bullpens another day but I think they're number one who do you think is number one Craig before we even go on to my two
0: it's changed for me. I thought I would. I would have put the Indians one.
1: Um, we can't possibly be in agreement. Can that happen? Uh, on the same show, Nationals. Oh my goodness, Craig! Look at you. You're spending way too much time with me. You, you can tell. Words. You can tell things, things are winding down here, in January for you and me, because you're starting to agree with me. It's, it's, this is not good. This is this is no good. could come of this. Uh, but look. Let's go into the Indians here. Let's let's talk about them because now that Kluber's not there, I think that matters. I think Kluber, even the presence of Kluber kind of took a lot of heat. Even when he wasn't there, people were saying, well, when's Kluber get back? Clevenger, Bieber, absolutely spectacular. They were brilliant. Bauer's not there anymore either. Bauer was pretty good pitcher there for the Indians for a few years. Carlos Carrasco, I'm cautiously optimistic. It was nice that he came back and had that great start at the end there. I think that Carrasco and Clevenger and Bieber are right there. They're just not as accomplished as the 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 guys at the top of the Nationals rotation, in my opinion. Nor are they, I think, as battle tested. So I'm going to give them the slight edge, but they are my number two. I think they're number two for you too, right? I would imagine. Yep. Okay. And then, and I actually think you know Savale, Zach, please, Scott, I think those are guys that you can count on his good pitchers too, right? And, you know, you look at them and, you know, even the Plutkos of the world and guys like that, you know, those are guys that go out there and, and compete. And I think that's what you want out of the four and five. I think that's kind of the most difficult thing to to go through. So uh, third for me, this was, this was tougher. I ended up landing on the Yankees and it's because of the Garrett Cole signing at the top. Uh, I'm still, I'm not ready to give up on Luis Severino because Severino a couple of years ago was outstanding. He wasn't good. He was an outstanding pitcher. So when you add Garrett Cole to the top of this rotation, and then you have a guy like Severino there. And then you add in a veteran like Tanaka, who, you know, for all of Tanaka's shortcomings, he has been a very good pitcher for most of his career and another guy that competes. He has some blow-up starts. We all know that. And then when you talk about pure talent, Paxson has some great talent. Paxson struck out 186 guys, just walked 55 in 150 innings. The problem is 150 innings. The problem is, yeah. right, you're always going to miss four starts a year at minimum from Pax and that's a problem and I, I look at the I guess this one I'm putting a little bit more potential ahead of myself but they also have Domingo Armand who will be back eventually who had some good a good first half of the year at the very least Hap was terrible last year two years ago very good I think they've got a good combination of upside and depth now I'm sure there's some rotations you can say are better in terms of at the top But I don't know, when you add Garrett Cole to the top of rotation, it's hard not to think of that as one of the better ones. So tell me I'm wrong. Give me the guy or the team, I should say, is your number three overall rotation.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go with the Yankees. I probably uh, even with losing Ryu, I'd still go Bueller Kershaw. I mean, that's a really strong one, too. Um, You know, there's a chance. That the Indians, I'm mean, I'm curious if 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 I'll tell you what, if Clevenger threw 200 innings, I think the Indians have to be right up there. I think that they have a fantastic uh, fantastic pitching staff. It's just Clevenger hasn't been able to be healthy. Uh, I want to own some Clevenger this year. Uh, I owned him last year, and and I saw him pitch, and when he pitched, he was elite. It's just he couldn't stay on the field, so that was the issue there for me. Um. I think I'll cut it there. I, I really, you know, I mean, the Mets is like all always. It's like deep, but it's always this promise of Syndergaard that doesn't deliver. So I'm not going to do well, that. yeah. I mean,
1: if you're going to rank a top five, and, and you know what, the Mets were outside of my five, and and yet you could also argue that the Mets have the most depth of anybody that like legitimate depth, not like a bunch of bodies, but guys that have at least some track yeah, right record of yeah. being good. And I think that matters. And I think that's a rotation that's ironically built better than a lot of other rotations in the league for the 162-game season, and that could be a real difference maker at the end. I mean, just because you have the depth of real major league pitchers as opposed to just a a bunch of kids who have innings limits or a bunch of guys who are basically done, I I think that is a very intriguing thing. I, I can't put them in the top five because as great as DeGrom is, Syndergaard as a two still is like, okay, which Syndergaard are we getting which day? And that's the big problem I always have there.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, and that's that's kind of why I can't put them into the conversation, but Savali may be good for Cleveland. If Carrasco's healthy, he is certainly there. Bieber, I mean, between Bieber and Carrasco and Clevenger, that's a really strong one, two, three, so they would be outside of the Nats, but a potential of being a number one for me. Uh, With Kluber just,
1: there, he would have, to me, yeah, that would have been the one. Yeah, of course, of course. And, um, and that's why you got to pay attention to them. I have, I have Tampa over here as the fourth. Charlie yeah. Morton was fantastic last year. I mean, let, let's be let's let's give Charlie course, Morton a little bit of. He of struck course. out 240 guys last year. And I feel like nobody cares. And I know he's on the last year of his deal. He only had to pitch one more year. He's got 194 innings last year, just 154 hits. So let me tell you something. He only walked 57 guys in 200 innings. He only gave up 154 hits. He struck out 240 guys. If you just look if I just gave you those numbers and put didn't put the name Charlie Morton in front of you, you'd be like, "Wow, that guy's a f- legit fantasy ace, right?" He's not going anywhere close to the aces in terms of ADP value. So I want to remind everybody that Charlie Morton, whatever whatever has happened here, whatever he's learned to do, whatever's come to fruition here with him, it is something to pay attention to. And then when you add in Blake Snell and the potential of Tyler Glass, now I think that is a lot. Now, uh, this one I was kind of on the fence with, but I just I just feel like I'm just more or less just trying to get everybody to pay attention to how damn good Charlie Morton was last year.
0: Yeah. now Listen, I, I'm a big fan of Charlie's. He's come on shows with me for many years. I was so happy to see him achieve what he did and going into his last year. Uh, certainly a chance to be great. Uh, in terms of the Rays, you just know that they're going to be using an opener. Does that matter? I mean, statistically-wise, ERA and WIP, they'll be right at the top. In terms of length from starting pitchers, they'll be right at the bottom because they're going to be streaming guys. This is what they do. They use Yarborough and... They use uh, Alvarado. They use uh, Pagan. They use guys to open games. They use Stanic all last year until they moved into Miami. So they're not going to have uh, a basically a set number five starter, and maybe at times not a number four starter. But the equalizer there, clearly, as you talked about in a previous show, would be Honeywell. If Honeywell is healthy, Great. and he comes back, that could end up uh, rounding out the rotation. All right, we'll do this. We'll take a quick time out when we come back next. It's time to dive into Joe's potential Hall of Fame ballot. We'll look at it, dissect it, break it all down. Coming up next on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make a deposit. Place your first bet. DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to SportsGrid.com DK to play. That's SportsGrid.com DK. Eligibility restrictions apply. You must be in New Jersey to take advantage of this offer. And 21 years or older, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the show. If you missed our earlier portion of the program, I went through my Hall of Fame ballot that does not exist and is only my opinion of nine players that I put in. Uh, It's time now to reveal, which will be on MLB Network later today or not. Joe's Hall of Fame ballot for 2020. (laughs) Joe went ten deep here, so a lot of the names are the same. You know, like I I guess you know, outside of Derek Jeter, you can give me a pretty uh, solid explanation on the rest of these guys because we, I think that we have been very clear on Derek Jeter to this point we both agree he should be in we both agree he should be unanimous we both agree uh, that he was one of the best players of all time
1: period end of story period end of story No, no more Derek Jeter gets enough publicity he's gonna be Hall of Famer and he should be so let's move on. Uh, second and third on my ballot. And who knows, Craig? I do live in New Jersey. I could just run around the network or like hold up a sign and then my ballot would technically be on the network. So, you know, it's only a train ride away. So anyway, uh, number two and three, Bonds and Clemens. Uh, sorry, guys. I mean, they're the, the best of the best in their era. And to me, that's all that matters. That's all I care about. I, it's, I'm the guy that's going to tell you McGuire and Palmero should be in. Bagwell and Piazza are already in. Oh, ricky henderson is in <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there with certainly a lot of cloud over them um ricky henderson became quite a power hitter in oakland it's pretty amazing but anyway bonds and clemens there there's no way around it i hate roger clemens in every fact like you if there's an athlete that used to like cam newton everybody knows i'm not a big cam newton guy odell beckham that's dwarf compared to my rage for roger clemens i don't like him I don't like the kind of player he was. I don't like anything about him. I don't like his face. He is an all-time great pitcher, so he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Manny Ramirez is my four because Manny is a great hitter. Manny was a great hitter. Pre-steroids, post-steroids, I don't care. Manny Ramirez with the Cleveland Indians was a marvel. Uh, Manny Ramirez is one of the greatest RBI guys in the history of baseball, and that matters to me. And um, uh, Craig makes a lot of good points about, hey, if you got caught when everything was out there in the open, you still got caught, bet on you, I'm not voting for you. And that's a, that's an absolutely fair take. I'm going to take the other approach. Were you the best players in the league? Were you the players that I wanted to see? Were you the players that impacted the most games? And if the answer is yes, you're on my ballot. And once the door opened for some of these guys to keep all of them out, just because they made bad decisions when it was out, if, if those guys were still hanging on, some of them, when some of the rules went in place, who knows what we would be talking about. The whole habits are hard to break. So I'm not going to ding Manny for that just because, because Manny was a great player. With, without, I don't care. You got to hit the ball. There's a lot of guys who took a lot of drugs who still didn't hit the ball. So I don't want to hear anything about it. Kurt uh, Schilling, another guy, loved him as a player, could not stand him as an individual. I hate the things he says on social media. But Schilling was on your ballot too, I believe. Correct, Craig?
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay. Now what I look at Schilling and I remember
0: Big game uh, pitcher, great game pitcher. pitcher. I mean what I, I, I mean, definitely. And and look, his political views have, have and his outspokenness has uh has cost him not getting in the Hall of Fame already, which is honestly dumb. Like I mean, I don't get it, but Yeah, Ty Cobb's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know. I mean Kurt Schilling may not have been if you want to break it I mean listen there's this debate on first ballot versus second ballot versus eighth ballot whatever if you want to use the first quote first ballot hall of famer is Kurt Schilling a first ballot hall of famer no is he hall of famer yes so second time around he should have got in I think this is what is fifth or fourth Something like yeah, so I'm like yeah. I actually whatever it is, sure. you should have went in the second time. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason to wait longer than this. Kurt
1: Schilling is on his
0: eighth time. Eighth should have went in the second time.
1: Probably, but the problem was he was close the first two, and then social media. And I know, and I know. It's gotten worse because he's continued to run his mouth. So look, you know what? Is he Hall of Fame player? Yes. That's the end. Of, that's it. That's, the end, that's end of it. the story. That's, that's it. it. Um, and big game pitcher is it? And you got a guy who you know just incredible strikeout to walk ratio. I know everyone thinks about him in the tandem with Randy Johnson, but he was, um, you know, the the bloody sock part of the legend of, of baseball. That moment alone to me, that put him in the Hall of Fame. That was it. Like you go out there with your ankle hanging on by a thread. And some people will say, well, it wasn't. And it was all a bunch of show. I don't care. All of them letting
0: politics get in the and way. The next dude. thing
1: you go. And here here's the next one. And this is going to be controversial. I don't care. Guys got over 600 home runs. You can't tell me that just because you took steroids that made you hit 600 home runs. You just can't. You have to be good at baseball. Baseball is too hard of a game. Sammy Sosa should be in the Hall of Fame. Sammy Sosa, you know, before all the scandal came out, was one of the most beloved characters in the game. He would run out there with the flag. He would run out there and everybody would scream and yell. And he was so beloved. And. I understand why people got disenfranchised with Sammy Sosa. I understand why. And they have every right to. And, then, and it broke a lot of people's hearts because he was on steroids. But then we found out this guy was on steroids. And so was that guy. And so was this guy. And so was this pitcher. And so was that pitcher that he faced. And so was this infielder. And, all. and eventually, you can't do this to yourself. You have to go back and say, who are the best guys in the era? And Sammy Sosa was the best guy in the era. Sammy Sosa had problems with some of the other secondary stats. But when you go look at the major numbers that count, I'm sorry, you do not get to 600 home runs. You do not have the kind of 50 home run, 140 RBI season without being able to hit it all. Like if steroids just don't make you a good baseball player, that's not the case. It makes good players great and great players legendary. So if he's already great, he already should be in that Hall of Fame conversation. That's my thought process and I'm sticking to it. I also have Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, I think, was one of the most underrated hitters of our generation of baseball. Not even power hitters, just, just flat out hitters. Think about how he went from place to place and became the feared bat in all of those lineups, Greg. And that, that was the one thing about Sheffield. He played in so many different spots. That's and everywhere he played, he was the guy. And I, that was a, that's a tough thing to do, don't you think?
0: Yeah, that's why, that's why its it's been harder for him because he was a nomad in his career. And And we like to associate players with a team. And he is one player that it's really hard to do. Like every single player on this list, you can associate with a team or two Jeter, Bonds, Clemens, Manny, Schilling, even though he played with several. Uh, Sammy, that uh, you have on the list, Roland with two, Kent with several, also that probably has hurt him. Um, and you have Canerco here. Yeah,
1: but you know, what you say but, Kent, I think Giants. When you say Roland. I think Phillies. When you think when you say Sheffield, that is a tough one. If I said what happened Sheffield attempt. wear, where where do you go with Sheffield? Put a hat on him.
0: Probably the Yankees, but it shouldn't be. Like he played he was uh, you know, he won a world series with the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. He was a great player with the Padres. He was awesome with the Braves. He was fantastic with the Dodgers. He came and, up with the Brewers. <laughs> I mean, Brewers. He would be a no on the Brewers. It would be yes. a no on the Mets. And it would, I would probably say be, Dodgers or Yankees. That's the ones that it would be a no me, anyway. on the Tigers. He played for the Tigers, too. People forget that. Also, he was good yeah, on the, Tigers. He he just, the th- Tigers. That has hurt the him. Yankees, he fair. had some
1: big moments with the Yankees. If he was a Yankee, I'd be Yankees. okay with it. I would if say, I, Clemens is the hat that, that I think you... Clemens part of me thinks he wants to go in as an Astro because he's a Texas boy and that makes him happy. I don't know that that's the case. But you think he wants no. to be a Yankee? Uh, I, in fact, I would say no, he would not want to go in
0: as an Astro. Uh, it would be a Yankee? Yankee. It would be Yankee. Yeah, probably Yankees. Or Red. But Sox. I think
1: he should be a Red Sox because I think if you look at the Cy Young MVP, right, that whole thing, that's, that's
0: it would Red be. Sox, it would be a great you know? question when that ends up
1: happening. I w- Anyway, uh, my next couple roll in, which it, I was shocked that we had as much um, overlap as we did here. Between the two of us, because yeah, we kind I, I of like He was a great defensive player. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised that many of the names that I had, you had almost all of them, and I used all of mine. Uh, Jeff Kent also on there for a second baseman. As much as I am not a big fan of Jeff Kent, um you have to take into account what Jeff Kent was able to do, and also did it in a tough ballpark. Let's not pretend like that San Francisco ballpark is easy. Yeah, he wasn't
0: in. well liked, that, and that yeah, no, he's was, a miserable. he's was, hard to, was hard to get along with, but you know what. Uh, the one player. thing that I the one thing that I do take a little issue here is that we're and again, Kent, I don't know if he'll get in or not, but Lou Whitaker's numbers are just as good, if not better than Kent. And I don't but know. But I'm OK with Whitaker. Lou Whitaker, too. I, I know it's just a shame that he's play, not in there. I think well, that's a
1: shame. How about a shame that Jim Edmonds was one and done on a ballot? How about yeah, one of the greatest defensive center fielders of all time? Who's got 300 plus home runs, who had gold glove after gold glove, who has numerous playoff appearances, numerous silver slugger, all these things, right? Jim Edmonds was one and done on the ballot, and it pisses me off to this day. And Lou Whitaker, if you watched a baseball in the 80s, like you and I grew up in, you knew Lou Whitaker was the best second baseman in the American League for he a two, five, six year stretch. Yeah. I mean, that that is, and, and that's just like you knew Keith Hernandez was best first baseman in the National League for a good seven, eight years. Okay. There's just no doubt about these things. You know, I know Hernandez didn't have a lot of home runs, right? Uh, you know, as a first baseman, but. He won MVP. He was a career 300 hitter almost. Won a World the Series 2. Won two. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, and you know, here's the guy that popped up for me. I do not have Larry Walker. We'll get into that for a second. But when you start looking about comparable stats and positions, Paul Canerco, who is, again, I'm going to be the champion of Paul Canerco. How many seasons? 32-99, 41-117, uh, 4100, 35-113. You mentioned a guy who plays 150 games every single year. He stacks up. He's got better career numbers, better career outliers than Tony Perez, better than some other players, very close to Willie Stargell, very close to some guys that we think of in that Hall of Fame vein. He's better numbers than Harold Baines. That's for damn sure. And I think that Paul Canerco is one of the underrated under discussed players in terms of career because he played in the second team in the second city and i think that kind of hurts him in a way would could you be, agree with that be. it could be i don't know that i would. Um, no larry walker time, for to, me Yeah, we got about a minute But so i mean go compromise. Ahead me uh, no larry walker from viskel is a yes didn't have room larry walker it's not the colorado thing for me he was a great player great all-around player ran through fielded hit too many missed games I mean, the guy, the incomplete seasons, Craig, really bothered me. 130 games, 120 games, 80 games, 110. Like, that's the problem with me with Larry Walker. Like, he just wasn't on the field enough. If he was, if he had, like, a, a stretch of 150 games between Colorado and and Montreal, I would not put him in.
0: There you have it. Joe's Hall of Fame ballot coming up next. Breakout players in the American League East. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pesapia. Uh I I I don't I don't know.
0: I will get in touch with you with that. You know, I mean like preparation. I, I think that we're okay. I think i we're doing,
1: okay. I'm I'm doing um TGFBI podcast on 715, but I should be done by eight ish. So if I'm already here and I'm already in the mode and it works out better for you for life to do that, or at least an hour of the show, whatever, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you know. So I don't, have I don't to think do the so,
0: sheet. unless they change okay. the, the timing of it. If it's one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm perfectly fine. So.
1: All right. All right. I'm ready to go. Okay.
0: OK. Welcome back to fantasy sports today. Craig and Joe here with you. Guess what's coming up at two o'clock Eastern? Dr. Roto, it's full time fantasy at two o'clock, getting you ready for some of the prop wagers in the NFL and the Super Bowl. And of course, Dr. Roto, a very big fantasy baseball fan as well. So he's coming up at two. Stay tuned for that. Does a great job. Uh, Before we get out of here, we wanted to touch on some potential breakout players in the American League East. And uh, boy, a nice list of players that Joe has compiled, of course, from his fantasy black book. We can go either way on some of these guys. And, Um, let's start off with the Baltimore Orioles. Boy, I mean, you're you're talking about a team that is definitely doing it the right way. I love their general manager. He'll be on our show this year for sure, Mike Elias. Great guy. Um, I like the way that he is handling this with basically tearing the Orioles all the way down to the ground, very similar to how the Astros did it. People forget uh, Astros lost 100 games in a row, I believe four years in a row, and then lost 90 a fifth year. So this is what needs to be done to get it to that point. A lot of people laugh. They'll be cynical and say they cheated their way. And I get it. But part of the conversation is acquiring the players, the Bregmans, the Springers, the McCullers. uh, You know, and and this this is part of that. The Altuves, guys like that. Got to get them. Correa, find a way. Uh, Sign Gurriel, uh, trade for Verlander. They did a great job organizationally, but until everything fell apart this uh, this offseason. So. It's going to be tough to find Orioles. It's going to be. Uh, you're going to have to try and and p- flip a coin on a Renato Nunez. You know, like who in the world knew that some of these dudes were going to end up hitting 30 home runs for them last year? Honestly, who thought Jonathan VR would be a t- top 10 fantasy player last year? VR was like a, a unbelievably productive fantasy and reality player to the point where his WAR. Where he was basically the top player available in war in free agency, if they <laughs> were to cut him, now they didn't, and the Marlins were able to make a trade for him. But VR is gone, so
1: mm-hmm. well, Sant- and Mancini broke out last year, so that's Man- the other thing. Yeah, so.
0: Santander was pretty good. Like they're gonna have some names, and they're gonna be somebody on this team, Joe. Someone that's gonna be better than who they th- we think they are. There will not be a lot of Orioles drafted in fantasy this year. This is a fact. Outside of Mancini. There's going to be few and far between. Who do you think is the guy on the Orioles that could be the next, uh, you know, non? Maybe
1: it's a non pedigree guy because Nunez did not come in. Well, last it's, year a, with well pedigree, it's a right? slight pet. is a slight pedigree guy. This guy that I have in mind is a slight pedigree guy who's going to be hitting probably fifth in the order just by default. And that's a good spot there. He's going to have some opportunities. And this was a guy that I watched play a few times in spring training and I've seen him take at bats in some minor league games as well and I've seen a lot of highlights and a lot of video on him and it's Austin Hayes. Uh Austin Hayes is probably going to be the everyday right fielder for this team. Austin Hayes when you go back and look at the 2017 Double-A numbers, hit 330 with a 367 OBP and a 594 slugging. That's a pretty good run there. 64 games, but still. That's that's what you're looking for. Then that year he actually got called up in 2017. 2018-2019 ton of injuries. Ton of injuries and this happens sometimes, just bad luck. Then last year, the kid got healthy. The kid played in AAA for a good stint there, came up, played 20 games in the major league level, hit 309, 373, 574. That kind of slash looks an awful lot like the player I saw in Double a a couple years ago. So a healthy Austin Hayes with every day at-bats in a good spot I think could be one of these guys that breaks out. Now, is he going to win you a league? No. Is he a guy that you could get in deeper leagues? Is he a guy that you can probably get for nothing You know, in a in an auction league, is he a guy that could pick up off the waiver wire? Absolutely. So Austin Hayes is a name you have to remember because he's going to get at bats. He's going to get opportunity. And the guys got upside and double A numbers are always that upside. That's what you look for. That to me has always been very successful. And, you know, that year he had a combined between a ball and double A, 32 home runs, 95 RBIs and 128 games That that piques my interest. OK, uh,
0: I'll throw a name out there because, again, uh, being able to speak to people with the Orioles and, and have an understanding with the organization, a, uh, a deep sleeper that I would say in the last round of a 12 team league or a 15 team league and a and, dollar and for sure in an American League only would be Evan Phillips. He's a bullpen arm on the Orioles who I think will end up leading their team in saves this year just from what I understand and the way that he looked uh, and the, the way the organization feels about him. he has got this wipeout slider. He wasn't fantastic last year in his debut with them. He was kind of up and down a little bit, but I believe that he's being groomed to be the closer. And I think that Evan Phillips is a name just to keep an eye on and I would stash in the back end of the bullpen. No one's going to ever talk about him or mention him, but I, that's, it's a name that I would keep an eye on. Uh, okay. Uh, in Boston has no shortage of names. And Joe, certainly, uh, we don't know what their team is going to even end up looking like this year. It's like, is is something happening with Betts? Is something not? It's just, I, f- I feel like I'm partially responsible in the rumor mill for things too, so I'm not going to throw stones here. I blame but, you.
1: But, yeah,
0: But whether Betts gets moved with David Price and maybe it's a pitcher, Joe. I mean, the, the farm system is not like super deep with Boston that you're looking and saying, oh, go grab this guy. They just really don't have that one um, we saw uh, the the player you want to talk about here. Michael Chavis had a phenomenal spring training last year, like was just tearing the cover off the ball. He got his opportunity to play. I think for the most part, he made the most of it. Does he take that next step this year for you?
1: Well, I think here's the intriguing thing about Chavis is that he has uh, eligibility to play in different spots, so probably going to play mostly second base. But if he has to play first again, there's an injury, he could play third. The fact that he has that maneuverability around the field gets him the all important plate appearances. And that is a huge thing. And I think when you look at the sample size of 100 games almost for him, a guy who hits 18 home runs and drives in 60 runs almost with a 250 something average, you know, that that is a guy holding his own at the major league level. And I think that that matters for something, you know, not everybody's going to come up and just blow you away. And sometimes the guys that come up and blow you away, never rebound from that. Look at Brett Laurie. Remember him with the blue Jays? Of course. Brett Laurie came up and it was, Oh my God, Brett Laurie's the greatest thing ever. And then he never duplicated that run in the rest of his career. OK, so this is a guy, too, if he could just hit a little better against left handed pitching, not much, just a little bit. He only had 226 against lefties. There's minor league numbers against lefties are much better. So but he still hit eight home runs. So the power's still there. So that's a positive. So when I'm looking at him, it's a small improvements you can make. He also was a much better hitter in Fenway Park than on the road, a 30 point difference in batting average and a guy that I think as the season went on he started to tail off a little bit plate appearances got you know a little bit hinky and, and some injuries cropped up too but to me this is a player that I think you could take advantage of in the spot and I think because he plays around the field there's a good chance in those deeper leagues he becomes a very useful player that plays a lot more than you will recognize him or, or think that he's going to and I think that lends to a breakout because look everybody else on this team practically is a star.
0: Uh, I I will uh, I'll stop with Chavis there on Boston. I don't think there are a lot of great options, so I'll. Uh, it's not a lot of I'll, I'll lightly i lightly agree on him. Uh, Yankees right, on, uh, Yankees on the other hand have a lot of options. So why don't you go ahead and give one, and then I'll
1: I'll give a couple that I think. I'm gonna go with Mike Trockman here, and it's also because of the ADP he's going in like the 300s I think right now, which he played 87 games for the Yankees last year. This was a guy that was in the Colorado system, kind of got squeezed out. But kind of like, you know, some other guys that get squeezed out of there, just because you're in the Colorado system doesn't mean you can't hit elsewhere. This guy had an 865 OPS last year. Did you know that? He a guy at 277 with a yeah, 360 on
0: Yeah, he and yeah. Ursula are very well aware of last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Talkman is one of these guys that has a, a really good track record here uh, in the short term of what you saw last year, 28 years old, which is about the peak of a player. And we get a lot of this sometimes. People say, well, uh, you know, He's already hit that peak and, you know, he couldn't get better than this or this is. Well, I don't know that we don't know. And this is a guy that just because you're seeing him break through at 28 years old, it's not an indictment on him necessarily. Sometimes guys just get blocked by the Charlie Blackmans of the world or the Carlos Gonzalez, the guys that they've had there year after year that kind of clog up the pipeline. So Talkman is one of these guys that I think, and I'm sorry, I've called him Trockman to begin with. Uh, my apologies there. I'm tired. All right. It's a lot of talking today for me, but I would say that this is a guy, depending on how many at-bats he gets, which could be in question, at the very least in AL only leagues, at the very least is a guy you really got to pay attention to. And I think in those 15 to 20 team leagues needs to be paid attention to as well.
0: Okay. So can we talk about Mike Ford here for a minute? on the New York Yankees. Okay, because this is the most intriguing name for me going into the season. It's like, I think that Mike Ford may be everything that we thought Greg Bird was. That's kind of what I'm thinking here with uh, with him. Okay, Yeah, I mean, he was crushing it when he came up last year. Now, I don't know. Some of it was September. I get it, but 12 home runs in 50 games and on the platoon side, on the strong side, by the way, potentially uh, with Luke Voigt, it may be in a platoon. Uh, I mean, there. I don't know. I got to keep a very close eye on this guy this year. The Yankees have found these guys. This is a New Jersey kid. It's a really good story. I remember when he came up last year, the dude walks to his OBP 35%. It could be a one and done from last year. Some of the numbers could be meaningless because they had all those injuries. But with Encarnacion gone... And let's be honest, I mean, Luke Voigt, I mean, we don't know, you know, I mean, we really are not sure. We don't know about Talkman for sure. We don't know about Ursula for sure. I got to stash forward in a league and say maybe there's 30 home runs there. I, I got to do it just to see late in a draft. I got to try. That's my guy on the Yankees that I would at least investigate the possibility. Now, Davey Garcia, their young pitcher. If he gets moved to another team in a trade, I would be interested in him because then he could come up in more of a dynasty situation for next year. But that would be the other guy. All right, uh, real quick, um, we're both in agreement on Tampa, on Tampa here for Brandon Lau. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I, mean, look, I, totally, I totally agree. Uh, if if well, he gets yeah, the I, playing I, time, I totally agree. I don't know if he'll get the playing time. but I totally well, He's agree.
1: in the one position where I feel like he has the best opportunity to get the I playing think so time. Too. Like, the corners I think so too. are going to be a yeah. disaster in the DH spot. But I think second Outfield, base is the disaster, one Disaster, yes. Right. But second base, I feel like that's kind of his to lose. And most importantly, too, he's going to hit leadoff probably in this lineup. And that's super important from a run scored potential. So keep that in mind. If this guy's going to play 100, even 140 games, the run scored are probably gonna be in the 90s. Okay. Yep. Uh, and the last guy here is a guy that, you know, we just <laughs> got to talk about. And I we sort of touched on him yesterday. It's Lourdes Gurriel Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays. So this is a guy, too, that had a terrific year in the minor leagues, came up, didn't do well, got sent down again. And he came up the year before too. So we've been playing this game a little bit. He's the brother of Euler Guriel, for those who do not know. And last year after he came up, holy hat, was he good. I mean, he had the kind of season that I'm not a big extrapolator. It's a dangerous game. But if you think about the kind of 30, 90, 90 kind of player, that's basically what he could be. Like that, that's the kind of run he was on. And I think... When you look at the potential here, he crushed left-handed pitching, 994 OPS. This is a guy that when everybody else is talking about Bichette and Biggio and Guerrero, he gets lost in the shuffle, and I think you need to pay attention for him because when you look at those June numbers, my goodness, a 1,000 OPS in June with 10 home runs and 20 RBI, that's the potential of this player. Granted, he got hurt August, September, didn't play a lot, but, I mean, man, June, July, there was a, hardly a better hitter out there in the American League.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, of these guys, I definitely am, am on board with Lau and Gurriel, uh for sure. Maybe Chavis, too, just by default. But no question. Gurriel, he's not could-
1: sexy. Chavis isn't the sexy pick of this, but you need those guys. Right. Yeah, on your course. fantasy team, the yeah. guys that you like, oh, man, you know what? This guy's out for two weeks. Oh, look, I got Chavis on my roster. He plays there. He qualifies yeah. here. That's
0: and huge. Look, and and. And Lourdes is is not Yuli. I don't think he has Yuli's power. It really came into his Hold own on. last year. Yuli L- didn't
1: have Yuli's power till last year.
0: I know. He had 31 home runs. Uh, but Lourdes, only 26 years old. Still a lot of time for him to develop. And, uh, and certainly when he came back and didn't have to worry about defense, he was a much better player. We'll be back to wrap things up here on this Tuesday on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We're getting ready to send things over to Dr. Roto. He's ready to go. Fantasy baseball, fantasy football discussion, maybe even some Hall of Fame. We'll see what Doc has coming up in just a couple of minutes. Before we do that, let's send it over to Joe Pizapia with our two minute warning. The two minute warning. Two minutes, get your together. Is that going to be enough time? <laughs>
1: I'm sure you've seen the commercials by now, but Katie Sowers just made history. Not only is she the first uh, female offensive assistant in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers I my dad, also the first openly gay person to coach in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot going on here for Katie Sowers, who's become a pioneer, not just for female sports enthusiasts, but also for uh, people and women, more importantly, and even gay women and men to say it's OK to be the person I am love the game, know what I'm talking about, be respected for it and get the opportunities to prove all of that. And I think that is a very important trend. I think we're going to continue to see this trend in sports, especially with female coaches in male sports, because I think it brings a different dynamic to the field. Knowledge is knowledge and knowledge is power. If a woman is good enough with her knowledge to be coaching any team, male or female, she should have that opportunity. And I think by the time we've started this decade to the time we close this decade, we are going to see in the NBA, in Major League Baseball, and in the NFL, and maybe even more. More female, not just assistants, but possibly head coaches and managers as well. And you know what? I'm all for it. I think it's a great trend. Let's blur the lines for everything. Give me the best of the best. I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your sexuality. I care about your X's and O's. And if you got those in line, I don't care about your chromosomes or anything else in terms of X's and Y's.
0: Well said by Joe. That'll do it for our program today on this Tuesday. Uh, Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. Enjoy your Tuesday. For Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next. See you.